Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Confession of faith together. I'm looking at my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. Guys, it's, the app is free. Every message is in here on our podcast, YouTube channel, because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest. Um, there's no download fee, nothing like that. They're all in here, totally free for you. And I encourage you to get that. You can also listen to the whole Bible through the year. And uh, what I love about our app is that the Bible, it'll read it to you. And what I like about when they read it is that depending on which version you select, is they get very dramatic. Some of them are pretty sterile, but some of them are very dramatic. You know, they got, you know, they, one of them came on. I was like, what is that? So you can read through the whole Bible in a year. So if you've ever wanted to read through the whole Bible, I just gave you a tool to do it, and it's called the Harvest app. All right, let's go. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we pray that you'd speak to us now. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance. I pray that you'd answer every question for us today. Father, we seize authority over this atmosphere, and we say, Lord, have your way. Your will be done in this experience. I pray that this word would penetrate through every ounce of discouragement, every ounce of depression, every ounce of distraction, every ounce of anything that would try to take our focus off of you. Why? You are the God that provides. You're the God that loves us. You're our Alpha. You're an Omega. You're the God that wants to see us do well. You did not die to get us out of hell so that we live and create a bunch of hell down here. No. Your word says that you are come that we might have life. Somebody hold a life. That we might have life and life more abundantly. So this day, we choose life in Jesus' name. Can I get everybody to just give God three seconds of glory right there? Come on. Two. Come on. One. So let's get in this word. So we're in a new series starting today where I channeled my inner Justin Timberlake. You can see it in the image uh, in the image graphic to talk about 2020. Where, what are we doing? We are getting you ready for the new year. And watch this. We're going to clear your vision so you can finish this year strong. If you have our app, I sent you out a scripture yesterday uh, in part of our Saturday devotion that the scripture says that the ending of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. What does that mean? It means that, watch this, if we do not just try to, watch this, hurry up and get out of it, we can maximize it and make it better. I'm going to prophesy to you that your December 2019 will be greater than your January 2019. All of the excitement you had about it being a new year in 2019, you're going to have that same level of excitement over these last 31 days of this year. I'm counting today in that God's going to do something amazing for you. So I need you not to say 2020 is going to be amazing. I need you to say the rest of 2019 is going to be amazing. If you believe that, can I get you to just say yes, Lord, right there? Now watch this. Uh, vision is how you see something. Sight is what you see. Say it again. Sight is what you see. Vision is how you see it. That word uh, is called perception. And Matthew 6.23 says this. But if your eye or your perception is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Stop. He says if you don't perceive right, watch this. Everything about you will be dark. What does darkness mean? It will, have, it will be the absence of the knowledge of God. So if your perception is bad, you won't see God working in anything. 
If your perception's bad, you won't find the good in anything. If your perception's bad, the cup is never half full, it's half empty. If your perception's bad, watch this. Every time somebody walks out of your life, you'll call it lost, not realizing you can never lose somebody that adds value. You didn't hear what I just said. If your perception's bad, you will not properly perceive things. And so Matthew 6.23 says, if your eye or your perception is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Which means everything you see, you're going to see it negatively. Everything you see, you're going to see it, watch this, from a complaining point of view. Everything you see, you're going to see it and say, God, why me? Instead of saying, God, I'm glad that you could trust me. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that God could trust with trouble. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that God could trust with a bad hand. And he knew that they would play that bad hand well. I need you to know you ain't sitting next to a cheeseburger. Baby, you sitting next to somebody that's the Big Mac. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Would you slap somebody high five and say, you got this, you got this. But if my perception's bad, I will curse my life instead of bless my life. Not realizing if God brought me to it, God intends to get me through it. It is not, watch this, it is not something negative. It's actually a compliment. But if my perception's bad, everything is dark. And whenever you're in the darkness, you can't see where you're going. Whenever you're in the darkness, you can't see things properly. How many times have we tried to get up, not turn on the light, and stubbed our toe? Okay, let's make it more personal. How many times have you got up in the middle of the night and walked directly into your closet door? Maybe that's just me. All right, watch. Your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Here's what's amazing. Is he's saying darkness is a choice, which means, watch this, our perception, watch this, can be poisoned, but how long it remains poisoned is our choice. In other words, you can sit up and keep telling your sad story about how your mama did you wrong, how your daddy did you wrong. You can tell that for a decade if you want to, or you can decide, watch this, I'm over it and I'm moving forward. I need you to know you sit next to somebody that decided to move forward in life. They're not going to stay stuck in their past. They're not going to stay stuck in their pain. They're not going to stay stuck with problems, but they're deciding to keep it moving. So watch. Our perception can be poisoned by four things. I've already made mention of three of them. The first is people. People can poison your perception. How do they do that? They will project their issues onto you. So because they're fearful, they'll put fear on you. Because they're negative, they'll put negative on you. Always be careful of the people you're around because they're projecting on you whether you know it or not. What does that mean, projecting? Think of these screens. Something's being projected. An image is being projected onto these screens. It comes out of something smaller, but it's being projected onto the screen. What are you trying to say, Bishop? Every time you are around people, they're projecting something on you. I pray that you have people that are projecting God's word on you and not their mess on you. Y'all not saying nothing. If you got people around you who have darkness about relationships, every time you're talking about your relationship, they project darkness about yours. Said, I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't do that. Well, just because you keep meeting liars, that mean that everybody is a liar. I'm going to preach hard. Watch this. Watch this. Touch your neighbor. Say, don't let people project on you. If somebody's fearful and scared of everything, they will always project their fear on you. Ooh, you better watch out. Ooh, we can't do that. Ooh, that's too scary. Here's what I learned about me. I'd rather do it by myself than do it with a scaredy cat around me. What you mean by scary cat? Listen, fear and faith. I want to preach it to you, 1115. Fear and faith are not opposites. Fear and faith are best friends, which means whenever I sense fear, it's my time to use faith. But if somebody's projecting on you, you will not take a move or bust a move or take action because fear has got you immobilized. But I came to speak to somebody today, touch your neighbor, say you keep it moving. People will project. And so now you're paralyzed because of their projection. You didn't even check out the facts. You asked them what they thought. And they projected on you. The second thing that can poison your perception, and let me just give you the principle here, Luke 22 and 3. Jesus, Judas he gets poisoned perception about Jesus because he goes to consult people that don't like Jesus. I never will understand this about people. How, how watch this. You can say you're so faithful and loyal to person A. But the moment person B has something negative to say, all of a sudden you start acting funny with person A. Your silence is offensive. All of a sudden, you start acting funny with person A, as if what person B said is the truth. When the truth be told, a dog that bring a bone, go take one. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You got to learn how not to let people poison you. So Judas had the greatest opportunity of his life, but he missed it listening to people that didn't like Jesus. 
I wonder how many opportunities you've messed up on because you was listening to somebody projecting. Second thing that can poison your perception is pain. There's a man in the Bible named Jabez. His name literally means pain because his mother named him pain. How many of you have been named because of pain? And they're not even mad at you. They're mad at who you remind them of. So his mother names him pain. Literally, she says, because I bore him in pain. It's on the screen. Now, what's amazing to me about that is her pain makes her name her son now, which means, watch me, let's make it very practical, because, fellas, we can't relate to that. We can't relate to birthing out a baby, but we relate to birthing out something, creating something, starting something. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a new friendship. Check it out. She gives birth to something new, but her pain makes her call it the process she went through. She can't even celebrate that he's finally here, because, watch this, she's reminded of the pain that getting him here brought. But anything that's worth birthing is worth suffering for. Anything worth birthing is worth going through pain. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? I need you to stop being mad that you have to go through some pain to birth something new. Because the new thing's going to be better than the old thing. Ooh, I need you to lift one hand and say the new is going to be better than the old. Ooh, come here, y'all. Say my new circle's going to be better than my old circle. Come on here. Say my new year is going to be better than the last year. Since this is the first month of a new, uh, of the last month of the year. Say this month's going to be the best month of this whole year. She names him pain because she has to go through a painful process to birth him. Sometimes we can't even enjoy life because of the pain it took us to get to this stage of life. Shut up. That's good. Sometimes you can't even enjoy life because of the pain it took you to get to this stage of life. So you can't even enjoy all that hard work to make that money you made because you're just thinking about the pain you had to go through to get here. And I'm telling some of y'all, live. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, live? Yeah. Go eat the meal. Go watch the movie. Go live. You've been through too much hell to be sitting up mad and frustrated and aggravated all the time. I need somebody that's deciding for the rest of my days I'm going to live. Somebody holler, I choose life. You won't even enjoy the day because somebody ticked you off. I'm not staying in pain. Here's the third thing that can affect your perception. Problems. Problems. Trouble. 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 Problems. In 2 Kings 6 and 16, there's a man who doesn't have a name. He's called Elisha's servant. He doesn't have a name because the scripture wants us to be able to place ourselves in his place. He doesn't have a name. Elisha, who's the man of God, he runs and wakes him up. He says, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God. There's a huge army out here to get us. This is it. He had a red fox moment. This is the big one. <laughs> and some of you, one little problem has gotten you thinking this is it. You started making plan B, C, and D, and you haven't even maximized A. And as long as you have a backup, you'll never maximize A. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. As long as you have a, watch this, as long as you got an escape plan, you're never going to maximize your current plan, which is why some of you can't be trusted with success because God knows you won't go through the pain to birth it. Ooh, but touch your neighbor because that's not the kind of person you're sitting next to. You're sitting next to somebody that's a winner. You're sitting next to somebody that's going to do something amazing. Let me remind you of who you are. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the history maker in your bloodline. You are the line crosser in your bloodline. So, so Elisha looks at him and he says, do not be afraid. Go back to the prior scripture. He says, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, no, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. By natural sight, that's not true. Because he literally is looking at this huge army against them. But watch now the next verse. The next verse says, then Elisha prayed and said, oh, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. So notice he's making a distinction between sight and vision. Come here. Sight and vision. Let's go. Sight and vision. He says he can see, but he has no vision. He can see, but he has a bad perception. Can we do the same thing that Elisha did? Say, Lord, Lord please, open my eyes. please open my eyes 
so I can perceive properly. Come on, let 15, come on, come on. If it worked for him, it's going to work for you. Say, Lord, please open my eyes so I can perceive properly. So then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. What did he do? He prayed. So some of you are looking busy, but I don't know how my perception is going to get better. He prayed. Somebody said, whoop, there it is. Thought you knew. <laughs> and he saw, watch me, he perceived properly. He perceived properly. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots, watch me, a fire. I like this verse because we had a man of God come and prophesy that there was a hedge of fire that was around that would protect. <laughs> There's certain stuff that God burned it up before it's even going to get to you. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Check this out. So when Elisha says there's more with us than there is with them, watch this. This man's problems made him miss the fact that his help, watch this, couldn't be seen. Come here. Come here. His problems made him misperceive. He didn't realize that his help was invisible. Let me try over here, because y'all ain't saying nothing. Please, y'all get this right. Please. He didn't know that his help was invisible. Stop. See, you can see all of your enemies. What's an enemy? Anything that opposes your forward progress. Your enemies can't see God with you. And if God be for you, who would... There, which means they think that they about to take you down. What they don't know is that there's horses and chariots and angels that are protecting you. Somebody say, God is with me. I need some of y'all to just give God a 10-second praise break. Why? That if you don't see him, he's still right there. Go. That's the best you got? Say, thank you, Jesus. But problems will mess with your perception. The fourth thing that we learned last week that will mess with your perception is your past. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. How many of us have something in our past that we're not proud of? It should be everybody on your row. If you sit next to somebody who didn't raise their hand, they shouldn't be proud of their arrogance. Because <laughs> we all do. We all have done some stuff that we're so glad God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Can I, can I get real empathy? See, watch this. There's some stuff somebody on your row has done that, thank God, they didn't have camera phones back then. I wish I had some honest folk at this 1115 where you can say, thank you, Jesus, that Steve Jobs had not made that phone yet. Thank you, Lord. But is there anybody that's grateful despite your past? God has still chosen you. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you for choosing me, Jesus. With your mistakes, with your failures, with your issues, with your problems, he still wants you. None of us are perfect. He chose us. Say, he chose me. But your past can make you make a new thing look like an old thing. So watch the verse. Remember not the former things. That's interesting I says it. Remember not. It reminds me of that song, Forgive Me. And that, how it go? It's the 11.15, so y'all know me. He says, remember not the former things. I say, remember not the former job. Remember not the former relationship. Remember not the former friend you trusted. Remember not the former family drama. Remember not, touch your name, say, remember not, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. What does he mean consider? He says, don't include, shut up. This is for me. See, I don't mean shut up. It's a figure speech. It's for me. He says, don't consider. What does that mean? Don't put old into the calculation of new. You missed it. Because some of you all, watch this. Your issue is that you keep adding old to a new calculation. And when you calculate it, it don't come up right. Somebody said, this is new. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Watch this. Go to the next verse. Behold, I, come on, I do a new thing. When is it happening? 
Perception will make you think in January. Perception will make you think when you graduate. Perception will make you think your life starts when you get married. Baby, you better hear me and hear me clearly. You better start you something before then, because if you're waiting on a person to make you whole, you crazy. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Behold, I do a new thing. Somebody say, it's here now. Watch what happens. Now it springs forth. You know what I like about the word springs? Is that means something was trying to hold it. And it busted through. <laughs> Anybody used to go to a club? Oh, okay. Are you still working that out? <laughs> Just be honest. Be honest. Come on. Be honest. Somebody said a little something. All right. I can tell some of y'all used to be going to the club because your praise and worship is, has a different type of praise and worship. Get this thug praise. Watch me. <laughs> Got to have fun in church, y'all. If you can't have fun in church, my God, where are you going to have fun? Here's what it means. And when you heard a song you liked, you could have been over here. But then when you heard something that you really liked, you was like, Touch it and say, I'm about to bust the move. Because next is now. I wish I had a praise in church. Somebody say, next is right now. That's what it means to spring forth. It means it was over here looking like nothing was happening. Then all of a sudden it came just like that. Your breakthrough's gonna come just like that. Your family's gonna get saved just like that. For my entrepreneurs, your business is about to have its best month yet, just like that. If you believe it, shout yeah. Listen, he says, now it's springing forth. It's busting a move on the floor. But watch what he says. Do you not perceive it? Stop. He didn't say, do you not see it? He says, because watch this. You might not see it. He says, do you not perceive it what's this he says your perception is the problem and then here's how you say here's how you know God is ready to do something new he says because when you're in a wilderness I'm going to make a way look at me he's not getting rid of the wilderness he's going to make a way in the wilderness some of you all can't perceive that watch this your house is already and next is now because you wanted him to get rid of the wilderness. He didn't. He just made a way so you could keep walking through it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. He, he didn't make them act right. He just made you comfortable with the fact that they're not. Y'all ain't saying nothing. There are certain things God says, listen, I'm going to make a way where? In the wilderness. What does wilderness mean? Test. He says, right in the middle of your test, I'm going to make a way for you to pass it. Y'all not talking. Right in the middle of your test, God says, I'm going to make a way for you to pass your test. Then he says, I'm going to give you a river. Where? In the desert. I'm not going to make it plush. I'm just going to give you a river where you can build a boat, get in your boat, and go row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Some of you are missing it. You're missing the fact. Listen to me. You are missing the fact that God is already doing amazing things. But your perception got you standing, Lord, I just speak to this desert and come to life and come to life. And Lord, ain't nothing changed. God says, do you not see the river? Do you not see the boat? Get in the boat and keep it moving. Your perception so poisoned, you are missing the new thing that's right in front of you. Somebody say, Lord, change my perception. Poison perception will make you miss things. You'll miss the way in the wilderness. You'll miss the river in the desert. And can I tell you one of the things you'll miss? You'll miss the principles that govern the earth. Here's one of them. Here's one of the most powerful principles. This principle governs everything in the earth. I'm going to say it again. This one principle governs everything in the earth. Here it is. Genesis 8 and 22. While the earth remains, 
Seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. I don't care how much you rebuke Colorado winners. They going to come. I've tried. I had a couple of successes, but overall, here's the point. I want you to look at the first part. Seed, time, harvest. Say seed, seed time, time, harvest. harvest. Yes. Say seed, seed time, time, harvest. harvest. Here's the first thing you need to know. God says the way the earth is governed is somebody's got to release so there's increase. If you look at your Bible in Genesis, the Bible says that, and the Lord gave seed. And trees that produce seeds. The goal was, Adam, go be a farmer. Adam, go tend the garden. If you grew up in the South or any place where you had a garden, tending the garden means you had to put some seeds, then wait some time so you could get a harvest. The earth is governed by this one principle. But your perception will make you be waiting on an increase where you've never gave a release. Your perception will have you expecting a harvest that you never put a seed in the ground for. And I'm not just talking about money. You want a level of friend that you haven't released for. Come here. You want a level of relationship you haven't released for. So you can't see increase if you have not first released. See, for all of what you want, what have you released? What seed did you put in the ground? At the first experience, we had a plum. At this experience, we have uh, a pomegranate. It looked good. These little red corns. <laughs> Corn kernels. <laughs> That's what they look like. Listen, can I show you something? This seed had to be released so that there could be increase. Seed, time, harvest. Harvest is always bigger than the seed sown. See, the seeds are these small, you see them? Here, just get the plate. Come on, come on with the camera too. Let's go. See this? This is the seed right there. See how small that is? Doesn't ever say that's very small. But it produces a fruit this size. What you're trying to say, Bishop, is if you can't trust God with giving him this, then he can't trust you giving you this. And listen, I'm not just talking about money. I am talking about, watch this, anything you want to see a harvest of, you've got to release it. So question, for, watch this. A lot of people talk about, I just want good godly friends. Are you a good godly friend? I just want, I just want faithful friends, but you're unfaithful. I just want, I want friends that are going to encourage me. You're the most discouraging person to be around because everything about you is problem. This ain't going to work. 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 You have nothing but problem. When people see you, they literally have to crack their neck to get ready to deal with you because you do nothing but bring problems. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So you're praying for God to give you this. And God is like, dude, do that. You haven't released so you can't see. You haven't released so you can't see. You haven't sown so you can't reap. Which takes us to this scripture, Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. What does that mean? Do not play yourself. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Which means seeds only reproduce after their own kind. So whatever I want to see a harvest of, I've got to sow a seed of. Whatever I want to see an increase of, that's what i got to release. So question, what are you holding on to which explains why you don't have what you want? Oh, y'all got quiet on me here. <laughs> Say, Lord, give me revelation. Say it again. Say, Lord, I need revelation on how to apply this right now. Three areas the Lord gave me to, for us to deal with. Because, see, if I want to change what's seen, I got to change what's sown. If I change my seed, I change what's seen. That's the principle that governs here. Bad perception, though, will have you angry at God for not having something that you haven't released for. So you'll be mad listening to somebody else's praise report. Well, when is mine going to be there? When you come up off that seed. Well, well, when am I going? When am I? When, when, when am I? When, when am I going to see the Lord do something amazing? When you do something amazing for somebody else? When is God going to put something big in my hands? When you put something big in His? 
When am I going to have some godly friends when you become a godly friend? When am I going to have people that support me when you support somebody else? You won't even share Facebook or YouTube live. And you want people to support your music and support your business and support your this, that, and the other. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So here it is. I went. Here we go. Number one. Y'all ready? This one's probably the toughest out of the three. You ready? Release love. Most of us think that you're really good at love. Problem is, is you just love people the way you want to be loved. Not according to their love language. So you get mad that they don't want what you're offering, but what you're offering is something they want. Huh? She's like, well, I said she looked nice. She doesn't like that. She likes quality time. You telling her that didn't move her. Well, I bought him a nice gift. Well, that's my love language. That's not the love language. Are you getting the point? There's five love languages. I taught a whole series about it. Um, I taught a whole series about it. If you haven't taken the test, take the test. Here's the point. Most of us think that we're great at love. And here's the reality. The Lord challenged me in this message. He says, son, I want you to issue this challenge to the people. He issued it to me, and he said, issue it to the people. And here it is. He says, son, I need you to love like you've never been let down. And I want you to pour like it's never been wasted before. What is poor? My time, my energy, my effort, my focus, my devotion. Most of us, when, it, when it's been wasted before, we don't want to pour. We'll put more, listen, we pour more hot sauce on our food than we'll pour into somebody else. It's like, they hurt me. I've been let down. I'm not doing that anymore. Listen, especially if you're a leader, you have to be careful that you don't allow, watch this, old people to poison your perception about new people. Moses' leaders jaded his perception of his people. So he was mad at the people when he really wasn't having an issue with the people. He had an issue with the people sitting at his table. What are you trying to say? The people around you are affecting how you view the people outside. Are you still here? This doesn't mean be a fool, 1115. It just means you're not bitter. Because think about this. Think about this. There's a scripture in Galatians 5. Y'all ready? In Galatians 5. Now, let's just tell you, how many of us have ever been let down? However many of us have had our poor be wasted before? You know, you spent, you started adding up the time. Some of y'all sent people invoices. I spent 1,700 hours talking on the phone to you. Missing sleep. Not putting my cucumbers on my eyes. <laughs> Got it? Here's the deal. God says, I understand all of that. But I didn't stop loving you when you let me down. And I didn't stop pouring into you when you let me down before and wasted my pour. Now, again, this doesn't mean be a fool. Does that mean you stand in an abusive friendship or abusive relationship? Does that mean you get oopsed upside your head and cussed out? That's not what this means. I have to say that because people will say something I didn't say. And then you tell me, I'm just, I didn't say that. If you got a friend that's using you, does that mean you just say, well, here's another 10 grand. Just use me until you use me up. But here's what I want you to see. Look at the last part of this verse. Faith working through love. Can I get you to say those four words? Faith working through love. Everybody in this building online, go. Faith working through love. Look to your neighbor say it. Faith working through love. Other neighbor, go. Faith working through love. That word working means energeo in the Greek language of our New Testament, energized. It means your faith is energized by your love. Stop. That means if I get offended and if I get bitter and if I get angry, my faith has no energy, which explains why your prayers aren't working, which explains why you have no hope sometimes because your bitterness has eclipsed your faith. Your offense has eclipsed your face. Can I get uh, your faith? Can I get you to release this? Say, I refuse to be offended. I refuse to be bitter with anybody. Say, I release it so my faith can start working. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Let's give God five seconds of glory that your, your faith can start working. I won't be offended. I won't be bitter. I won't be angry. Listen to me. Especially during the holidays because they say suicides are on an uptick from end of October through February. Because the holiday season, watch this, it's depressing for some people. It's discouraging for some people. But you really want to know what the source of all that is? You've been let down by those you love. 
and your poor has been wasted before. So during the holiday season, when you look at all these commercials and you know, everybody's smiling and eating at the table, you're like, oh, last time I sat down with her, I'm dead. Come on. And then you're looking on social media and you look at other people and you're looking at them and, you know, they're showing you the highlight of the day. <laughs> people never, I says, people have to pose to post. You talk about, oh, they're just so happy. I wish my life was like that. And uh, might be. I've learned that when people have to post a lot of stuff, it's normally because they're needing co-signers for stuff. I, I've said this before, and please don't be offended if this is you. I'm just trying to teach you a principle. It's, it's just a scriptural principle. See, when you're, when, you're, when you're absolute about something you're not fully resolute in, it's tested. So a lot of times you'll see people posting a lot of stuff about their relationship and their spouse or who they're dating or, or their family. And what that really is, is it's a cry for a cosigner. If your family's good, that's your family's business. Look, we in here cooking, we in here cooking, we in here cooking, we in here cooking. Come on, give me a hug, mama, give me a hug, mama. That's because she don't never hug you. Y'all don't like that? Y'all got quiet. I promise you, you got me bent. <laughs> Let me translate. What do you mean you have me bent? What I mean by that is, is don't, don't put the brakes on me. Let me translate what that means. Because some of you are like, well, we're not going anywhere, Bishop. There's no car. What brakes? What I'm saying is, that's a true principle. Not for everybody. But what I've discovered, and, and from years of counseling and walking with people through things, I've discovered that whatever people are often most vocal about publicly, it's what they struggle with greatest privately. So when people are always walking around talking about, I'm so happy with my wife, I'm so happy with my life, like, there's probably some struggling going on, because we're talking about chili recipes. Ain't nobody asking you how y'all doing? I'm just, just, okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Galatians 5, 6. S say, faith working through love. Come on, say faith working through love. So, my faith has no energy. It has no power. You ever, um, think about your phone. How many of us, if you got a smartphone, just holler smart. The only people who should have handled hollered smart are people with Apple phones. Because there's nothing smart about a robot phone that's trying to get in your bank accounts. <laughs> I'm just joking. So, if you grew up in the South... Anybody grow up in the South? If you grew up in the South, um, sometimes people would look at technology, especially, you know, different generations, they look at technology with, with suspicion. Like, I'm not getting that phone. They're trying to get in your bank accounts, baby. I'm not. <laughs> like, what? What does that even have to do? Okay, all right, let's move. You, so, okay, how many people got smartphones? Just wave at me. Oh, cool. Here's the deal, guys. How great is your phone? with no battery. And if you have an Android phone, your battery, listen, they don't even make those to last. Put your phone down. Yes, yeah, a lie. You're lying. Put your phone down. And guys, I'm just joking. Got to have fun in church. Here's the deal. So this phone has 40,000 cameras. It's got all this technology. You can talk to the whole world. You can videos while you're cooking. <laughs> you can do all of these things. But if there's no battery, the best it's good for, don't go nowhere, paper. Because watch this. I can't do anything with it, even though it's powerful. Come here, church. Come here, church. If you're not walking in love, your faith has great power. But nothing is happening for you because your bitterness shuts your faith down. You being offended shuts your faith down. And for some of y'all, I need you to turn your phone back home. Would you touch your neighbor and say, turn your phone back home? What does that mean? Let nobody get you so angry where you stop loving them. Let nobody get you so mad where you want to holler, scream, and act a fool. Let nobody get you so angry where you get mad at God. Let nobody get you so angry where you're bitter. Let nobody get you so angry where you give people a silent treatment. Somebody say, not in my life. Here's the second, here's the second thing we got to release. Y'all ready for this one? You got to release control. 
all the control freaks got nervous. Because they're like, now, wait a minute, now, I was with you on the phone thing. But you're getting into my business. So here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Poison perception can make you want to be a control freak. Especially if you've ever felt like you gave control to somebody who didn't know what to do with you. If you've ever given control to somebody and they didn't know what to do with you, you've decided nobody is going to control me. I'll take your jacket. I'll carry my own jacket. <laughs> Touch your neighbor. I don't know her. She's not my neighbor. No, no, no. Literally, <laughs> y'all are so good. Y'all, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm. That was part of the message. It was part of the message. But y'all own it, though. Y'all were like, I don't know her. I don't know her. I do not know her. I do not, bitch, but I don't know her. See, when you're a control freak, proof you're a control freak is you're impatient. Patient isn't waiting. Patience is how you act while you wait. Patience is the level of pressure you can take while being delayed or provoked before you become negative. Let's back that thing up. It's the level of pressure you can take while being delayed uh, or provoked before you become negative. Based on that definition, not a lot of patient people. And just so you know, that is the definition of patience. Because watch this, patient isn't, God, they need to come on. Right at that moment, you stop being patient. All you were doing is waiting. See, for some of you who said, I've just been patient on the Lord, the Lord says, you haven't been patient one day. You complained the first minute you didn't have it. And so you're actually, what's this, a control freak. How many of us can be honest that there are certain areas of our life where we have acted as or currently are acting as control freaks? Thank you for your honesty. For the rest of the liars in the room, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, Guys, we all do that. You get mad if they tell you 30 minutes for the pizza and you're looking at your watch. It's 29 minutes. I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for this. So what is eight inches of snow? They should have planned for that. That's not my problem. I don't own the hut. And it's 40,000 people in line. What's that got to do with me? Here's the deal. We all at some point or another have been impatient. And here's proof you're a control freak. And here's what the Bible says about this. Watch this. Uh, watch this. Luke 21, 19. We're going to the old King James for this verse. You know, when you had a Bible with highlighters and watch me and tabs. Now watch this. Watch this. New school church don't know nothing about tabs. Y'all have apps. Old school church, it was a whole thing when you got a new Bible and you got the good one from Sam's. The large print where you have, watch me, not just tabs and highlighters, but watch this, a Bible cover. What, what, what my old school church folk at? What you know about that Bible? And listen, you carried that Bible around. You had your, your peppermint in there, social security card, bulletin from the church. Yesterday's mail, listen, that was your briefcase. You were like, if I ain't been a businessman before, I'm a businessman today. Walking with the word. I would put those tabs on, and I was so particular about how I wanted my tabs that if they weren't right, I'd just like, just start over. Just give me a new Bible, because <laughs> these tabs got to be right. And then you felt good when you'd open up. Preachers say, turn to, you know, some book you don't ever go to. Turn to Nahum. No problem. Bam. Now, ain't no highlighting in that particular section, but, you know. Let's go to Old King James. In your patience, possess or control your soul. What's your soul? Mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Here's what he says. If you give up control, you release it, you'll actually increase it. See, you're busy trying to control how people act, what they do, what's going on around you. You're losing sleep because what you think somebody thinks 
And what ends up happening, watch me, what ends up happening is that you are literally holding on to control. And God says, why don't you release that? And when you release it, here's what you're going to get control of, your soul. Because that's the only thing you can have any dominion over. So the one thing the Bible God never gave us dominion over was other people. So what's your soul? Your mind. Which means if I release control, which means I'm not trying to control anything going on around me. It doesn't mean I'm passive. It just means if I can't control it, I can't. I can't. So there's certain things where y'all be trying to, you know, you be so busy trying to make sure that people think it's this. And here's what I've discovered. People are going to think what they want to think. And here's what I've also discovered. Most of what people think has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with how they view them. Ooh. Come on, we're about to close this thing, but just to encourage your neighbors, say, be patient, be patient, be patient. It just means I'm not trying. Listen, some of y'all, well, they said they call me back at 5. It's 5.04. I don't know what's going on. Chill out. You might not get the call back. Guess what? God got something better. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do if they leave me. Find somebody else. Y'all not talking to me? By patience, you'll possess your mind, your thoughts. Sometimes our thoughts just are running everywhere because we're so busy trying to control stuff. So in our minds, we're spending our time thinking about how we can control. Well, what I'm not going to do is she say move over here. I'm going to tell her, but I don't really want to move over here. I'm going to move over here. And say, ain't nobody got time for Nobody has to tolerate your sloppy. No man has to tolerate you doing what you want to do. Because ain't nobody going to do all that. No. Thoughts will. Your will. Your, your will will be in control. What does that mean? Your discipline. When you stop trying to control everything, you'll actually have discipline. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're trying to control stuff you cannot control. They need to stop putting so much cheese on the pizza. Or you can quit eating the pizza. After today. Watch. <laughs> Mind, thoughts, will, emotions. Let's tell the truth, 1115. And we're about to close this thing. We're riding all the way. We're riding Gallup and riding out of here. Um, <laughs> how many of us can be honest that over the last 11 months we've had some emotional ups and some emotional downs? How many of us can be really honest where some of those downs were? Way down. How do you be honest? Some of those downs even scared you. Can I tell you why? Say why, Bishop? Why? Say, say why, Bishop? Why? You're a control freak. You getting emotional was you trying to control it. change nothing though. Y'all not say nothing to me. And you hollering and screaming and acting a fool. <laughs> Where my other chicken nugget at? I ordered a 10 piece. Wait. I'm gonna need an extra free sauce and an extra free <laughs> Guys, we hit these emotional depths because we feel out of control. The word emotion by itself, E, out of motion, out of change, out of control. You get emotional as a way to control it. You ever had somebody where y'all having a discussion and because the discussion is getting too real, they start crying to stop it? If you ain't had nobody to do that, you the one we know. We having a good conversation. And you're like, I just need a minute. Mm, sit down. We finna finish this today. What is that about? Control. I feel out of control, so I'm getting emotional to stop the conversation. Come on, 15. And I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> See, we, 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 we sometimes don't even realize that a lot of our emotional downs are because we want to control something. But can I ask you something? Because even when, then watch this. Can I preach like I want to? 
when we're in an emotional down, guys, you know what we end up doing? Sometimes we make bad decisions there. And we know it's bad decisions. But can I ask you something? If obedience hasn't got you what you wanted yet, how do you think disobedience is going to get you there? Like, like, like our emotions will have us doing types of crazy things. So here's what the Bible says. If you release control, you're going to actually increase it. So when people do stuff that you're like, you're like whoa, I'm going to keep moving. And listen, we're guilty of it. Listen, let me tell you. My Palm Pilot tells you how long ago it was. My Palm Pilot used to catch it. Okay, this is it's too much judgment in the room, so I'm not going to tell you. I feel so judged right now. Y'all got real quiet. I can't believe he. You don't even know what I did. Just for that, I ain't telling you. But uh, so I had my I had this phone. This was years ago, and so Palm Pilot. So what is that? Ten years ago? Thirteen years ago? <laughs> Eighty-four? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, and the phone would drop the call. And when the phone would drop the call, uh, it would always drop the call. And it dropped the call in my home, in my home office. And so it would always drop the call, drop the call, drop the call. And I'd be on important calls, and it dropped the call. And I would get. I got so mad one time. Uh, excuse me. Somebody I knew got so mad one time. <laughs> They took that phone, and it was no longer in their hands. I'm going to clean it up because there's too much judgmentalism in this room. Y'all getting quiet looking at me like, he going to throw that phone. Yeah, but you cussed your kids, so start right there before you start trying to judge me. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Have fun. Just messing with you. Have fun. Here's the thing. And I threw that phone against something. I threw the phone, and, and in the moment, I felt great. Yes, I did. Problem was, I still needed to use it. When you get emotional, you'll tear up what you need. When you get emotional, you'll tear up something you're going to have to use. And then be mad that it ain't there to use, but you're the one that tore it up. Touch your neighbor, say, stop getting so emotional. Say, release control. And increase control. So I'm walking over to the phone. And I was on the phone with some business. They said, what happened to your phone? I said, I'll, I'll, I got to run to the store. <laughs> and it taught me a powerful lesson. The powerful lesson was, is that when we get emotional, I was trying to make the phone do right. <laughs> Come on, y'all, please don't leave your bishop out here hanging like that. Because in my mind, it's going to, you know, and you're going to work. It didn't. Some of y'all have toured relationships that you needed. Out of being emotional. You talk sideways to the man that writes your checks. It's quiet in here. You did dirty somebody that you needed because you got emotional. And then once you get emotional, then you tear it up. Then you come back and say, I didn't mean to do that. That palm pilot never made it back to life. I tore that phone up. That phone wouldn't even turn on. Somebody say, how hard did I throw it? I don't want to talk about it. Number three, here it is. Let's close the message, guys. This is what you most often think of when you think of release. Release your seed. Release your finances. Release your giving. Somebody say faithful givers flourish. Now, listen. How many of you would like to see better in your finances? And it doesn't mean you're not doing great. It just means you want to see better, right? When you're blessed to be a blessing, you don't just need your needs met. You need overflow. Okay? And, and here's the Bible. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Say faithful givers flourish. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your what? Seed for sowing. So check this out. God says, if you don't have any seed, it's because I know you won't sow. You will spend it on a dress, on a video game, on some red bottoms, some orange bottoms. No. 
You will be spending it on Black Friday, and you're going to have a red Monday. He said, he, he said look, at me, look at me. He said, I, I supply seed to sowers. In this text, the Apostle Paul is teaching the Corinthian church about the importance of giving. And so he teaches some things in this chapter like God loves a cheerful giver. He starts talking about money. As he's talking about money, he says, listen, guys, I need you to get this principle. He says, because some of what you're experiencing is because you are not releasing. So there's no increase if you don't. There's no increase if you don't. He says he will, he will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, here's the deal. I want to challenge Many of you, between now and the end of this year, I want to challenge you. If you're not a faithful giver, start today. Got it? It's God's way. Number two, if you are a faithful giver, I want to challenge you, increase your seed. I says, I want to stretch you because where you're headed requires greater. I said, where you're headed requires greater. Say, my increase comes from my release. Let's everybody declare this together. Say, I release love. I release control. I release finance. Those are three areas, guys, where we often want to hold on. But if you hold on to what's in your hand, look, do you want this as your harvest? Or this as your harvest? Tell me what you want. <laughs> do, do you want this? Or do you want God to know, God, you can trust me. So I release this. So I can see the increase of this. Did y'all get somebody this word today? I said, did y'all get somebody this word today? Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.